Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, my guest today will be the second female guest on the podcast. I'm very privileged, very honoured to welcome Steph Noble, who, for those of you who don't know, has guns bigger than your boyfriends, has delts bigger than me, and probably lats bigger than the majority of men in most gins. So, Steph, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Well, I am. I'm doing great. What an introduction! <laughs> so true. Though. I'll take. I'll, I'll take the large lats comment for sure. <laughs> so true. Like for those of you that you don't know, go follow Steph and look at one of her most recent sort of checking photos on Insta. Like when I pose beside you, I go, "Fuck!" I, like she's big. Like she's she's big. She's wider than me. And I go, "Damn!" I thought <laughs> I thought I was wide, but I'm not really. So I think that it's a it's a credit to you know your journey in bodybuilding the hard work you've done and if anyone has seen Steph pose you will see that the passion for bodybuilding certainly shines through and I see that in the sessions when you put me through my paces um, so rather than me ramble on um, I'm going to get you on here and I'm going to get you to give the listeners just a, a sort of brief journey um, a brief summary of your journey not only in bodybuilding but your sort of coaching career uh, where that you know how that got to where it is today and and what the brand represents. So if you give us a little bit of that, I know that's a, a big question, but if you give us a little bit of info, that'd be great. I'll try and be uh, succinct, but firstly, just hi to all your listeners, and thanks so much for having me on, Vaughn, because it's, it's great to talk shop, and it's great to just be able to inspire and kind of open up discussions for people so that they can get as much information as possible. So thanks for having me on. So to give you a bit of background about me, um, I have come from a performing arts dance background, um, an education background, which saw me do a lot of vocational and competitive dance before I started in the gym in my bodybuilding career. Um, and that was probably up until about the age of, of 24, 25. And part of that whole vocational process was a lot of of course, strength and conditioning training. I did it at quite a high level. So I was doing a lot of foundation practice, doing Pilates, core work, loads of things like that in amongst technical dance, which gave me, I suppose, like a passion for, comp for competitive sport and to push my body to a pretty high level. So that was back before I started really focusing on the gym. Then when I decided to kind of come away from, from competitive dance and focus more on teaching and coaching, I started to really find my passion for sport, exercise and fitness and more understanding the nutritional elements of, of how, to, how to work my diet in tandem with my training. And I started to set myself small little goals in the gym, things like fat loss goals. Um, I wanted to get in shape. The I remember the very first goal I ever had was like in the gym was to get to a really low body fat percentage for a holiday in Brazil with my best mate, and I just wanted to look ripped on the beach. That was pretty much yeah, it. standard. I've been there. Mine's just Ibiza, so I can totally relate. <laughs> totally, you know. So it was like, let's start learning about how I can push my body um, in terms of getting strong and also understand how what to feed my body in order to get myself looking really lean. So there was like... A lot of education going on there and then I because I become became so passionate about it I did my PT course I did my um, nutritional courses and I'm now fully qualified in both nutritional and, and obviously level three personal training but I've got my strength and conditioning alongside a few other bits and pieces there as well which led me into my careers as doing personal training and coaching 
quite early on. So I started that back in sort of around 2012 on the side of a career I actually had at the time, which I won't go into just now. But it then went full time into that um, later on, sort of late 20, uh, 2017, 2018. But just to give you a quick overview of my um, self and my own bodybuilding career, I started naturally competing in 2012, and that was the very first year I hit the stage as a natural competitor, and it was all kind of down to somebody approaching me in the gym and said, hey, like, this was kind of around the time where I was doing these body fat goals, and said, have you ever thought about competing? And then that was it. I was like, a, you know, like a rag to a bull. I wanted to know everything there was to know about competing, uh, what that meant, and it kind of two things happened for me one a light bulb um, moment of this is on stage it's performance it's art it's it's creating in a, a sort of a stage process that I was used to from my dance days with high level competing pushing the body and challenging the body as much as it can be and um putting an element of focus and dedication into that so the two just went like together and I just thought this is something I've got to do so I started um in 2012 and from that first um competition I've done gosh uh from 2012 right through to my last showing on 2017 um all the natural federations in the UK BNBF UK DFBA and MPA at quite a high level, winning several of my qualifiers, also taking some losses as well and learning from those and moving on. And finally achieved the goal, which I set out at the very start, which was to get my world pro status as a natural figure competitor in 2017. And I'd been working for five years for that. So I was blown away when I took that. That's awesome, man. The fact that you had a goal to, you know, five years later, you achieved that. It It just shows the the dedication, the discipline that body, get the bodybuilding gives us, right? And yeah, for sure. For anyone listening, go look at Steph's profile when she's a lat spread and she's a natural female. I'm an assisted male and she's wider than I am. I just shows you how <laughs> fucking hard. And for years, this girl's trained, right? So I just have a huge level of respect for yourself um, and Andrew. Um, for what you guys doing just the yeah. fucking nick you get in and how jacked you guys are natty I think it's it's brilliant and it's a huge credibility to natural bodybuilding so without any further ado I just want to crack on to the topic of today's podcast and that is all things mental health in regards to bodybuilding but more specifically in regards to women's bodybuilding or body transformations whatever you want to call it um, if you're working on your body you're building it it's, a, it's bodybuilding we'll call it that so I know that you're, this is a very sort of passionate topic of yours and I'm going to let you sort of free ball some stuff as the podcast goes on, but I'm going to try and keep some structure here. Now, I'm going to ask the probably main question that everyone gets or all women get that lift and that will be that the main reason that they'll probably lift is probably for their mental health. They feel like when they're in the gym, they've got that sense of achievement, they're sweating it out, they're, they're de-stressing and they're seeing a huge change to their body. Now, it's not often today's society that that's met with support in fact it's actually probably met with a lack of support i'm sure you've had many comments over the years about saying oh but you know don't get too big and you know you don't want to start looking too manly and i think that that a lot of women that are perhaps maybe maybe they are two years into their journey where you've been and they're getting their comments and 
and those comments can obviously affect how they feel. It affects maybe perhaps their happiness. So I just wanted to, to ask you, have you over your years experienced those sort of comments? And if you have, how did you deal with it? Yeah, great question. And it's a massive one. And I think I'll start with just saying that um, I very recently did a, a Girl Talk solo solo well solo youtube video on this exact topic and i'm going to share with you some of those things people can find it on the pro prep youtube which i'll talk to you about later um i think the first thing to to say is when a female starts down the route of wanting to create a more muscular physique or to change their um to make some bodily changes to themselves you know tone up get 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 nice and sort of slim or toned it will be met with quite a lot of different opinions from across your friendship circles your family circles um even strangers and i think one of the main things i would say to a lot of women when they're first starting out is be ready for that because a lot of people will support you on your journey that you might say to somebody, oh, I'm going to have this goal of getting really toned for a summer holiday, for example. And people are really eager for you to get on this and they'll support you in the beginning. And then suddenly when they start to see you change, two things happen. You have the ones that stick around and still support you and keep going. And then you are also met with others that perhaps will start to project their insecurities onto you because they see you making a positive change. So, and that can come in, in many different ways, particularly in females. You know, we have, we, we can be quite jealous individuals, us ladies. <laughs> no way, <laughs> really? Of, um, I certainly know that in my, in my experience, when I very first started competing Vaughn and, you know, like in my first year, I did make a huge change to my physique from bringing it down to looking, I've never, I've never tried to get lean before. You know, not like competitively lean. So when I did actually manage to get to a shape that was quite, you know, tight, ripped, you could see the muscle definition, you could see my muscles popping, I was met with those comments. Oh, Steph, do you think, like, you're getting a bit too masculine? Do you think this is really a look you want to have, you know? And then doubt starts creeping in your mind because you think, yep. oh, like do people really not like what I'm doing or does it, you know what I mean? And I think it's, um, it's important that you don't let those things filter in because you've got an achievement and a goal you're setting out to achieve. And it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. That's what I'm going to say from the offset. Not everybody's going to like what you do and that's okay. That's cool. But don't be sort of persuaded off your goals of looking or achieving a certain look that you want for yourself because of other people's opinions. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of one thing I would say. Judgment is something that I think in the bodybuilding world or certainly in just the fitness world is um, rife, unfortunately, because especially in bodybuilding, you're standing, you're putting yourself on a stage to be judged, to be critiqued by a ton of different people that are strangers. And I guess the same applies in sort of general lifestyle clients who are looking to get, to get in shape. When you start to change yourself, that comes with judgment as well. And you've got to just be ready for the positives and the negatives and not let not take anything to heart, I suppose, is what I'm going to say. Which a lot of... Now, I'm, I'm all for equality, but you'd say a lot of women do take stuff to heart because yes. women are more 
sort of emotional than guys. Some guys, I'm quite emotional, by the way. That's not me stating that all women are. But um, yeah. just saying that, you know, oh, so someone in the gym said uh, I was starting to look like a man. And, you know, before they know it, it's a week later, they've not trained because of one, you know, stupid, silly fucking comment from, you know, yeah. Mr. Billy Big Bollocks, who probably is lifting the dumbbells just down from where she is. And he's just a bit insecure. And I always say that if a guy was to say, you know, oh, you're looking a bit manly, it's just as inferiority complex kicking in. Absolutely, yeah. You know, he's just I wanted... Think... Sorry, on you go. No, I was going to say, like, I've had that before. So I've had so many things in the gym, Vaughn. I've had, you look like a man. Why would you want to lift? Like, why do you spend all your time in the gym? Oh, she must be taking steroids. I've had it everything you can think of in terms of comments like that. Sorry, were you going to say something? I was going to say, that, that must piss you off, like, unbelievably because of how hard you've worked as a natural athlete. It's funny because in the when I first heard that comment, I I suppose the reaction I had was quite defensive because, like you've just said, like no, I'm a natural athlete. I've done this all myself. I work so hard. Um, you know, they've probably what they don't understand as well as I've had years of vocational technical dance training before I've even started in a gym. You know, yeah. this kind of thing. But I think as time's gone on, I I realise that it's a real lack of education. Yeah. People don't understand that you can achieve a physique naturally with dedication, hard work. And what, what people don't see is every day, this is a lifestyle for me. This isn't just about going onto the stage and doing a show. You know, I'm, I'm eating consistently well. I'm learning how to push my body. Um, I'm learning how to rest. I'm learning how to understand what hormonal support I need. I'm learning how to work around my menstrual cycle. I'm learning how to supplement properly. You know, all of these things are what make an optimal athlete um, or an optimal performer in the gym or even somebody who's just going in and generally, you know, working towards their goals. This is something that I'm passionate about and I do day in, day out. So when somebody says a comment like that, I just think, you know what? I'm going to take A as a compliment because I'm bigger than you. Um, <laughs> yes. And <laughs> B, you just don't have the education and it's a shame. Yeah. And maybe if, if, you know, these people took more time to learn about their body, they wouldn't jump so quickly to maybe routes that they think are quick, quick fix or quick access, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of my take on that. The reason I asked that was because I knew what your response would be. And I just thought it would be a great example to the listeners, females or males, that people will have their opinions. And it's whether you choose yeah. to let them affect what you do and how you react to them will, will dictate ultimately your progress, how you know your emotional response. So the fact that you sort of, you kind of take that on board and you go, nice, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And you just get on with it, right? That's brilliant because that could relate to so many women out there that are like, oh, you know, my husband, he's not so supportive and he just wants to go to the pub and I, I want to go to bed because I want to get my sleep and blah, blah. But just to be able to say that you take on board, like, okay, I'm getting manly, but then do, keep doing what you're doing for your own happiness. And I think that that gets us on to our next point about happiness because bodybuilding gives you a lot of happiness, right? And I wanted to talk a little bit about comp prep and mindset and mentality for that so for the listeners out there who are i have one listener i know i know she's listening because she's excited about this and she's gen pop and she wants to compete and you you know she sees you and she goes whoa that's amazing right <laughs> but what she wants to know is you know what kind of mindset 
is she going to need to get through her first comp prep? Uh, but also, what sort of struggles mentally might she hit along the way? Yeah, it's a brilliant question. It's actually something I work a lot with in sort of a pre-season to competition um, prep with my own clients because it's essential. And I almost feel like there's an obligation as a coach to talk a lot about what the, what an appropriate mindset is to have before you enter into a competition phase or before you even start to think about all of this. So as you know, you know, men, mental strength is something that's really, really important to me. Well, mental health is very important to me. Throughout the competition dieting phase, it's vital to have a strong mindset before you even begin. And it's vital to know why you're doing what you're doing. Why are you about to start a competition prep? If you can write down the real the reason why you're going to do this, is it a personal goal? Is it something you've wanted to do for a long time? Is it something you're inspired to do? Make sure that reason is true to you and is something that you can return back to throughout the whole of your competition prep because I see so many people, so many clients come to me and say, oh, I want to do a competition because so-and-so thinks I should do it. Or yeah. um, I see this person and I want to look like them. The thing is, is, is if you set the intention to begin with for somebody else or for another set of ex- external circumstances that aren't your own, that's the wrong reasonings right there. Because this should not be a, a, a journey you're about to embark on for anybody else but yourself because it is a brutal sport and you've got to be ready for the things that come with it. So some of the things I always recommend from like my clients to think about when we're talking mindset before a competition phase, have you got other areas in your life that are balanced? Because when you're about to start a competition prep, it can take over your world as you know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. So, you know, and it does, you know, anybody who's been through it, it's, it's 360, it's sleeping times, eating habits. Uh, stopping social events or at least limiting them you know it's it's it will affect your relationships because of your moods it will change your your focus and attention to your workflow so there's things that 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 competitors or people need to be ready for and it's not all bad but it's just understanding that when they start to zone in and focus on this goal other things start to become um will take a bit of a hit you know, yeah. so it needs to be, you, they need to understand that from the get go. So I give them some advice on things like managing people around them's expectations. Tell your friends and family what you're about to I do. I love that. I Talk love that. to people about it. Yeah, sorry, what were you saying? I just said I love that, managing people's expectations of you. It's, yeah. No one said that on this podcast yet. I just, I just thought it was brilliant. Keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Manage people's expectations of you. Tell people what you're doing. Ask them to hold you accountable. You know, your close friends around you as well. Um, Let them know what it's going to entail so that they are aware of it, so that maybe some of their opinions actually are reduced before you even start because they've got those expectations set. Um, Other things to consider as well is embed yourself on online communities start speaking to other people around you like that have been through this process before engage with people who are going to be on the same track as you because then you can count on them for maybe some moral support through the process too um 
because you're, you're, I call it mainstream friends. So my mainstream friends, sometimes I go to them and say, oh my God, my prep's so hard. And they're like, what? What are you on about? Whereas <laughs> yeah, if I go it. and speak to one of my fitness friends, you know, the people that I've met, the people that respect the sport, understand what's, you know, what's needed from your mentality, they'll turn around and go, Steph, you're just going through a slump. Let's go. Let's pick you up. Let's help you out. And that's exactly what I try and say to a lot of people is embed yourself in the communities, get online, get mingling in the fitness industry, set your friends and family's expectations and set your key values and morals, like your key um, core values for why you're about to do what you do. And then if you ever struggle, come back to that. Yeah, I fucking love that whole description. Mm -hmm. Like personal development, having like key values is something that I talk about a lot with clients. I'm yeah. yet to speak to a coach that has mentioned it yet. So the fact that you that you're getting clients, your clients, and everyone you work with, to write those down and that you can always go back to, yeah. I think it's unbelievable. And how I always put it to perhaps a new competitor that has no idea they're embarking on prep for the first time, I'll often say like, listen, it'll be okay for the first eight ten weeks. Usually it's a breeze, right? And then hit the one week where you hit a wall. And I'll say, and from there, it's going to get worse. And I'll say, yeah. we'll have low mood. Like low mood. I said, make your, you know, maybe make your partner aware. You might not be as talkative. You, you, you know, you might appear grumpy, but again, it's your choice of if you are grumpy or not. You're going to be, st- you know, starving. Blah blah. Food focus, but managing expectations. Like I've never put it that way. So I just that's, yeah. that's why I was sitting there nodding, going, I fucking love that. That's amazing. Um, yeah, now, I'm, glad you, you, I'm glad you can take something from you, that. You mentioned the word join a community now as far as i'm aware i'm going to be very brief because i don't know much about it you have and are part of an online community that get together that talk about a lot to do with mental health so i thought this would be a good lead to if you could give us a bit more info on that um yeah sure where people could join if they're struggling can they reach out can they get a bit of help yeah 100% so firstly i'm gonna just say I'm just going to talk to you about the not-for-profit organization that I'm heavily involved with, Mental Health Muscle. So Mental Health Muscle, you can go check them out on Instagram, on the website as well, on Facebook, etc. They're all over there. Is a, a not-for-profit organization which is promoting the connection between mental health and exercise and why there are not more, you know, general like medical practices promoting this as an aid, as something that can help us with our anxieties, depression, low mood, low self-esteem, low self-worth, all of these things, I don't know, because this is a beautiful way of, of introducing people into an exercise environment. But also just for like any type of person from whatever background, whether they've never stepped foot in a gym before or whether they're an advanced trainer and they've gone through the motions and maybe they're struggling with things behind closed doors. Because we all are, aren't we? You know, we've all got our own set of things that we're dealing with. So in terms of joining a community, what Mental Health Muscle does is allow for people to come to what we call meet and eats where we go to to different gyms. Now, Mental Health Muscle is national, so we've got reps all around the country, and we hold these in all cities across across the country. So we we usually head to a gym, we hook up, we talk, um, shop, we train, we eat, we speak about some of our mental health initiatives, sometimes there's seminars, talks. We're actually doing one, Vaughn, for this is going to be the flagship event in Scotland, we're going to be holding it in the Central Belt in Edinburgh in December, and it's going to be massive. So oh, wow. do keep an eye out because we're going to be holding a big one for Scotland. 
But in terms of communities online, there's a lot of female bodybuilding groups online. If you're wanting specific advice female please get in touch because I've got quite a few I can send you links to. But I've also, um, we do a lot of talking about female bodybuilding and helping especially first-time competitors out on our pro prep coaching YouTube as well. So there's a lot of different things that you can you can take from that. But certainly mental health muscle is is a really great place to allow and channel some of the inner struggles under the weights, I call it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good phrase. And I, I know I, that was a question I just chucked in there, but I thought it led really, really well. So I'm going to bring it yeah. back to go down the bodybuilding route side of things. And let's take that first-time competitor as an example, right? So they, they diet down, they drastically change their body. Now, we all know that a lot of women out there have this concept that they need to be lean all year round, right? So let's maybe say this has been something in their mind that they've thought for years. And then, you know, they've got a bit of muscle and they've decided to embark on this comp prep. Now, post-show, right, when they've competed, they, they've achieved what they wanted to achieve of getting on stage. Their body can change drastically you know very drastically if they aren't good with their diet and you know i've seen and i'm sure you've seen as well you know a female can easily gain six eight kilos in two three weeks easy 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 now what that could then do to their mental health in regards to you know they instantly go in their head i feel fat i'm i'm, I'm this that i'm the next thing and call themselves on the name of the sun and probably they, they really put their self-worth of how they, they look really low. And, and sometimes it can be a hard hole to get out to. So what I just wondered was, is there any sort of examples you can think of over the years you, you've seen that? And if, if you have had that example, or, or there's, a, there's a female out there and she's three weeks post-show and she's, she's feeling awful, she's put on lots of weight and, and she, she feels low and she doesn't know what to do, what would you say to her? Okay, yeah, so firstly, the first thing I would say to a competitor in that situation is you're not alone. It happens to pretty much every single first-time competitor, and I will give you my, I'll give you my experience just to give you some perspective. So in 2013, I came off stage. It was the very first season I'd had. I'd had a really, really um, successful season. I hadn't anticipated it. I was like a rabbit caught in the headlights, you know, and I came off stage, and I was like yay this is awesome I can now just eat whatever I like I didn't have um, any proper structure I didn't have any real understanding of how to slowly control things and I didn't at that point even though I had education and even though I knew it myself I didn't know that my metabolism at that point was so slow that any reintroduction was going to be quite detrimental to my physique and I put on just wait for it 16 kilos in less than four, five weeks. It was less than five weeks, okay? Wow. And I was like a balloon. You could have, I felt like you could have just popped me like a balloon, like I was yeah. just a big swollen mess. And the description you just gave there of the first time competitor who's feeling low, sluggish, low mood, low self-worth, depressed, that was me. That was me all over. You know, I thought, oh my God, what have I done? I've, I've got myself into the best shape of my entire life. And now I'm the biggest I've ever been. And I'll never forget it. I went home that Christmas and my gran, God bless her, she's amazing. <laughs> but she, she, you know, 
she's not telling a lie when she opens the door (laughs) on Christmas Day to say hi. And she's like, oh, oh, Stephanie, oh, you're, uh, you're, um, you've you've put quite a lot of weight on, haven't you? I was like, oh, my God, that's it. Oh, when when your granny says that, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never forget it because I just was like, do you know what? You can count on Ruby Noble just to to pipe up with the truth right there. (laughs) So um, cut a long story short, I had to learn from that. And I think a lot of um, first timers do. I think a lot of us have to go through that process. Now, back when I started, there wasn't as much online support as there is now. There wasn't as much education out there or people talking like you and I talking now about it. So I think people have a lot of a better, well, a much well-rounded, more well-rounded view and understanding that coming off the back of a show, there are a few things and here's maybe some strategies and things that can sort of help that. Um, having your coach or having a coach set and have the, have the post-show plan set well in advance and this is something we do with our clients. You know, a lot of our clients this year round, especially for the finals that have just come up for the MBF there, um, one in particular was like, oh, what can I do? What can I have on show day? What can I eat on show day? Or what can I, you know, um, have post-show? And we both have this policy with our coaching that we try to educate the competitor about, we're going to, yes, use the post-show as a small celebration, but we want to talk to you about actually what those three weeks post-show are going to look like. And we want an hour chat with you about that before we even go to the show. Yeah. We want to sit here and speak to you about what the post three weeks are going to look like. Again, managing expectations, but also to get them in a position where they're excited about that off-season phase. They're getting into something a bit different or perhaps they're going back to normal eating patterns, but we're, they know it's going to be a slow increase. So the first thing is have a coach and make sure you've got the advice there ready post-show so you're not lost because the, the, the main thing um, I see in a lot of competitors is this feeling of lost, you know? Um, so reverse dieting is a, is a key thing, especially for a first-timer when they're not sure if that's the phase of it either, is to have somebody to help them with that. Um, also, like for a first-timer coming off stage, knowing that they're not going to gain fat from you know one or two meals off. It's yeah. not going to happen. What you're experiencing is water retention. It's the body latching onto foods it's not had, and it's an increase of sodium, and it's the water retention that comes with that. So knowing that after a few days of going back to maintenance calories or getting back in the gym and moving things around a wee bit, that will go. It's not going to stay there forever. Um, And then things like, again, knowing that um, there is an exciting process here post-show that you can look forward to. And it's not, don't look at the journey you've been on as something you've um messed up if you put on a couple of pounds it's not it's just part of the education process it's part of learning about this whole phase and this next bit is is just as much about it's it's time it takes time to do as well as the competition prep so there's a few things there but i've got some more stuff i can say to you on that if you want me to continue yeah i i just wanted i think you made a really good point before you go on i I wanted to interrupt you but you were on you're on the money was you said that there's a sense of loss post-show and I have seen that so often where a client has such a high you know they have a show on a Saturday they're on a high Sunday gets to Monday 
and they message you on Tuesday and they're like that I'm fucking depressed I, yeah. I, I don't know what to do and then they're like I want to do this this show this weekend because I, I want to get excited again and I'm always like bodybuilding doesn't define you it's a part of your life it's not your whole life and it wasn't five years ago so you know get excited yeah. about all the other things in, in your life now so I think that that was awesome as you said to manage expectations get the, like it's amazing that you get them on call for an hour before yeah. you prep to talk about th- the three weeks post show to be like yeah. right this is what will happen this will happen to your cravings and this will happen to your mind and then when they're in that you could, I bet you guys probably say oh remember that call remember that video that we put yeah, up yeah that's exactly talk- what we do yeah. we refer back to it and um, something we also that just to note there with one of, one of your points there about um, somebody saying you know oh I want to do another show I just want to do it again or get back on it Something you can do, which we we do recommend, and this is another way of controlling the post-show experience, is set a photo shoot or something around your show date that you've got as like a little something to just keep yourself on track with maybe the week after. Yeah. And it just helps you roll off the show but still look forward to something else so you don't feel that sense of, oh my gosh, the show's over, it's done. Yeah. You've got something else that you can work towards. So, you know, you could maybe set something like a photo shoot or maybe something like a nice social event where you can get dressed up and feel good or go out or do something nice like that. Um, maybe you've got a holiday planned and you want to keep in shape for that, yeah. you know. So there's a couple of things that you could maybe do post-show that will still keep you accountable to um, sticking to a sort of plan. And this does help as well with a coach. But there's, you know, there's a few things there making sure you've got a plan in place, um, maybe setting some things to look forward to so that it doesn't, you don't feel that instant sense of, oh, it's done, it's over, you know? And um, also having people around you that understand the post-show process, that they can get you excited about games, getting <laughs> back into the off-season, you know? Yeah. This is the most exciting bit, guys. Like, people don't get this. The competition's brilliant, but see, when you get back in the gym and you get that sense of love for training back, which a lot of us lose in the late stages of competition prep because you're just tired and depleted and ready to have a break, this is the bit to be excited about. So this is just the new challenge. So it's not being too down on yourself, I think, is important to note as well. Yeah. I think, I think that's awesome to be planning the likes of a photo shoot. And if we're talking about women in particular, we know yeah. that women like to get dressed up for a night out, a girls' night, or a, yeah. uh, a you know, a, a put a bikini on holiday. But I think one thing I wanted to, to touch on there was, uh, and you probably get this from first-time competitors, they'll say to you, oh, well, well those sort of, you know, post-show, I've got this on this weekend, and then I've got a night out, and then I've got a barbecue, and then I've got another night yeah. out, and then an anniversary. <laughs> and you just go, whoa, that's like that's like 5,000 calories a day, every day, for each weekend for, the, for three months. And yeah. they, they, they kind of they ruin the sort of post-show recovery slash, you could call it gains phase, right? For any natural competitor or even any assistant, it's about getting healthy. And then, as you said, making gains. Yeah. But yeah. I see often that, and what I try and say to people is that live a life whilst you're dieting. Like, go out and take, take your girlfriend, your fiance, your partner out. Her life or, or his life, as if it's a boyfriend, that shouldn't be affected by that. And you yeah. have that sense of restriction. So I always say that, you know, during my... It wasn't comp prep, it was a photo shoot prep this year with, uh, uh, for just eight weeks, me and Rona went out six times to eat. Yeah. Because she values, you know, she likes going to restaurants and getting dolled up and I, I learned, I've learned the hard way before where 
I did a 20 week prep and I wanted to be the hardest worker in the room and I was the fucking guy that was eating chicken and brown rice on you know in the restaurant <laughs> yeah. I, and, and when I look back I went what a fucking idiot Vaughn <laughs> you know you know what I mean um, so I just wanted to add that in there that please please don't if you're listening um, arrange all your nights out and everything yeah you might have to limit your social occasions and say to your friends right by the way I'm driving and I'm going to bed early but yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you know I mean still I in think moderation, in moderation because I... you're right you know focus on the things that you neglect maybe neglected through the prep you know fo- focus on giving your family and friends the time around you people maybe you've not seen in a while or, or things like that but like you say just do it in moderation or at least do it as part of kind of a plan and, and make sure that they're not every day for the next like five weeks post-show because like you say that's a sure way to um, undo the work very fast <laughs> yeah, so um, I think this is a good point considering we're speaking about females. Now, females in general, you know, they like to do their hair, do the makeup and things like that. Now, yeah. when you're like five, six weeks out, that's probably not happened that often. So if there was like a, perhaps a social occasion, a, a, maybe it's a wedding, maybe it's someone's night out, would you suggest getting like putting that because you know you're, you're in your trackies or your jogging bottoms your leggings all day would would you suggest going to that night out yeah okay so like this exact thing happened to me like okay and i'm i'm super lean at the moment and i have been living living in what i just call like scans just <laughs> just like joggers leggings crop tops big bag of jumpers my hair scrags up, I look like a mess, generally. And every female out there listening will know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you're just, I'm just constantly in that state. And um, whilst this wasn't a social event, it kind of was for me at the same time. But Andrew just did the BMBF finals. And I was going as a spectator. You're fucking awesome, I was also going, yeah, thank you, I'll tell him. <laughs> He'll be listening, probably. And <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know Andrew Chappelle, go check him out, doing his thing on YouTube. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so yeah, he, he was competing. I had clients in the show and I was going, I've been obviously posing coaching at least 28 of those clients in that show. And I thought, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go in a hoodie. I'm going to dress up. I'm going to feel good about myself. I'm going to try and make myself feel like an actual woman because I haven't done for so long. And I did, I got my makeup done, I did my hair really nice, I wore like a really cute little dress and a nice little jacket and I just got myself feeling girly and, and, and womanly again and I, and I loved it, I loved it. I, I put my lipstick on, went out the door and I felt for the first time in weeks like just really good, really good. I felt really, really pretty and, and it was nice. Um, and I haven't felt like that in so long. And for my mentality, that gave me such a little boost because sometimes, you know what, it's not about how you look or slaving away, doing the grind and everything else and, and bringing an amazing package or whatever else. It's actually just about waking up in the morning, washing your hair, putting your makeup on and going out and just feeling nice for the day. And I, and I was like super excited about being with, you know, the person I love, supporting him on the day um, seeing all my friends, seeing my family, seeing my like clients who are my family, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and, and, and that was a great experience all around for me as a coach and as a support to my best friend and my, the love of my life. So it was great, you know, it was absolutely brilliant. And it was, and, and hopefully that gives you a kind of a, a bit of a, 
a good example of that because the answer to your question, 100% yes, definitely still go to your social event or whatever event it is. Get yourself dolled up because it will make you feel so good about yourself. So yeah. do that. I actually loved watching, uh, I think it was your story, or I don't know, it was Andy's story of show day. And you're like, come on, babe. But you're, you're, you're kind of like crying with passion at the time. And how it came out, I was like, that's amazing. Oh, I was crying my eyes out. You know, I get so into it. I'm so passionate about good posing and routines when I see them well. And obviously we've put Andy's up on the YouTube. So if you do get a chance, go see it. But he just glides, you know, he just, his it, the whole atmosphere was electric and I felt so emotional for him because I live and breathe it with him every day you know I watch him work hard and he does the same for me and we support each other and it's it's um yeah it was great so yeah I was I was screaming away I I felt when I watched it like when he did his routine I felt he was speaking to you yeah like there's parts of the songs he was pointing (laughs) and I don't know if he was if he could see you but I was like that bit because he told me about the flows and the waves and bits in the song and I went He's speaking about Steph and that, but what it did was it added that passion to his routine that you just like even from my Instagram, for Instagram from my phone, I went, "Fuck, that's awesome!" Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that the passion that you guys have, it, it well, it comes through in you talking today. You know, anyone listening will think, "Holy shit, she here's a girl that loves what she does." Um, all you need to do is walk in a room and speak to Steph, and you just go, "Holy shit, she's bubbly. She likes what she does. You feel this energy, <laughs> right?" But just how you live and breathe it is a shining example and a role model to anyone out there listening that oh, thanks, you, you've been through the mill you, you know you, you've learnt, you've done all the things that you shouldn't have done you've learnt from them and now you're prepping clients in a way that you think fuck i wish i should have done that from the start so just, wanted to, add, right, just yeah. wanted to add in that what you guys do pro prep i think is great and um, if you could teach me to pose like andrew that'd be that'd be fab but, You're well on your way, Vaughn. What are get, you talking about? Get in there, we've, get got, there. We've, we've got Vaughn doing his, his gliding walks and yeah. his, his lovely turns. You're already on it. <laughs> I can be a bit of a graceful ballerina at times, I'm not going to lie. But anyway, less about me. I'm going to bring us back to the podcast. Sure. Right, so we've talked about, you know, dieting down, drastic body changes. Now, the facade of Instagram can be quite detrimental to others, right? And what I've seen... Um, before I get on to talk about banded kickbacks, I've talked about <laughs> another point that we often see competitors, they look and they go, oh shit, fuck, she's in my category, look at her, oh my god, she looks so good, oh my god, you know, Steph's delts are so big and oh my god, she's going to smoke me. What would you recommend that a woman in that scenario does? Yeah, okay. So I think it's important to note that while social media is um, really great, it does have that negative side. And I think, you know, it's it doesn't. It's really important to note that it doesn't matter how many people think you're worthy of a follow or a retweet. It, you know, it, it it can be enlightening and healthy to consider the perspectives of others and their opinions or what other people look like. But remember, that has no impact on your value or who you are yeah so like we're you know it it really is not about them it's about you and you cannot control anything else apart from yourself you can only control what you bring the person you are what package you you know the, the the hours and time you spend slaving away to bring your best 
nothing else matters. And I would say that um, pictures are only what people want you to see most of the time. You know, they're gonna they're gonna only gonna put up something that they think themselves shows them in their best angle, in the best lighting, with their best whatever on. Oh yeah, Stru- and structure and sharpen all day. Oh yeah, totally. And you know, they've probably stood in front of that mirror for the last like 40, 40 minutes, you know, like taking about a hundred selfies and then have edited them to death and then put the best one up or whatever. Now, I'm not saying like that that's a bad thing because you've got, sometimes you've got things like platforms like Instagram is all about the visual representation. So people have access to these fun different filters and things to use. Essentially, that's what the platform is there to do, right? right. So you can kind of argue that whilst it's a bad thing it's also designed for that so people can do what they want on these platforms but from an individual perspective don't be um sucked in by somebody's image and think that that's the be all and end all and that you're literally never going to look like them because until you're up on stage in a lineup on the day you will never know where you're going to come or what you're going to look like against these people. And they might look hella good in a picture and the delts are popping in one spotlight, right? And you think yeah. that they're massive. But then when they get up on stage, their lines might actually be really unsymmetrical. They might have really great shoulders, but no taper whatsoever or no quads or no this or no that. So be be aware that what you see is not always a good representation of actually what is going to uh, come to fruition when it comes to a show day and certainly by looking at other people's pictures it is not a validation of your worth as a person you know likes comments anything else it doesn't matter you know you need to have a set of core values for yourself um and what's and find out kind of like what's important to you because if you know what's important to you and you get to know yourself, you won't be put off by what you see from other people. You'll feel confident in your own understanding of who you are and what, what you're aiming to achieve, you know? I loved, so, loved, loved, loved the fact you mentioned self-worth there. Because I was literally going to probe you and say, yeah. you know, how do you feel when people will devalue their self-worth through looking at Instagram photos? But you just literally answered that. So, yeah. awesome, awesome point. But... For- Another thing I wanted to say was people out there often, they will see yourself, they will maybe see others that are maybe at a lesser level than you are, achieve a a, a phenomenally looking physique in 16 weeks. And they go, whoa, I can look like that in 16 weeks. Now, it fucking winds me up, but there's coaches out there that can say, yeah, you know, here's, here's my fucking booty plan, you know, that has banded glute kickbacks in it. And if you do this for 16 weeks... You will look like me. Could you tell the females out there what's wrong with that? Like perhaps how long you need to lift to, to build a physique you have and that yeah. how much patience is required and not it's not just a an eight, ten, twelve week, sixteen week plan. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so well, first of all, my issue with that is it I'm just gonna tell you now, it's bullshit. Sorry, excuse my French Dude, if that's no, like I swear all you want, I swear all the time. But you're not going to get glutes or legs or delts or whatever in a 16 week program, which is based on like two sessions a week from some guy who's written or, you know, copyright, right, taking it from wherever else. It's just not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And 
if you see a transformation of a girl from like being a size 16 to a size like six in a 16 week transformation, you can sure as hell bet that there's something else going on there that ain't meant to be going on there <laughs> or certainly is not realistic um, in terms of a good healthy way to diet somebody. Let's put it that way. Because you sh- if you're doing a slow, controlled, consistent plan over time, you know, you would be needing a lot more time to make those improvements and those gains or those transformations. So it begs the question, are, are these people ethically doing the right thing for the person? Is that actually real? Do we actually know if this transformation is even real or is it just a really good marketing tool to get you to buy a 16-week okay. program? Yes. yes. Um, and also, you know, there are other things that coaches are advising their clients do in order to give them drastic results very quickly. Um, and these new time, first-time competitors have no idea what they're taking, what they're doing, because they think, oh, I'll just do what my, my coach or whoever the hell that is well, you know, to do what I need to do. And then what do you know? Suddenly they have huge health concerns. So let's talk about actual real length of progress. So um, if anybody wants to go check out, I actually did post on this on my Instagram of, uh, I put one picture side by side from my 2012 first stage look to my pro stage look, the one I took on my pro show, my pro debut in 2017. There's obviously, if that's from 2012 to 2017, um, but it's important to note that there was two, three years of hard training before I even got on stage before that. So, um, and that's another conversation, but um, go and have a look at that because that is natural progress and that is how long it has taken me to change my physique to where it is today. My mantra to all of my clients and to myself and to anybody that I speak to is, Before you embed on this journey, be ready for patience. This takes time. This is not a sprint. This is a huge journey ahead. And you can't expect somebody at IFBB Pro Level's results within six months. It's not going to happen. You need to be able to, to understand that if you want to achieve a certain look, which is what I set out to do, I knew that what I wanted to achieve was not going to take five minutes. I knew it was going to take, you know, five, potentially 10 years or more. Um, it's, it's something you've got to be ready for. So consistency is key. Absolutely. Get the diet right. Get the tra- training right. Get the nutrition right. And know that, you know, the ups and downs of this whole process Um are all part of it. You're going to have days where you're strong as hell and you feel incredible and you're making great improvements. You're going to have weeks and months where you make none and you feel stagnant and you can't get anywhere. It's it's going to be a really um, interesting journey ahead, but it certainly takes the time, not 16 weeks. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just I wanted you to allude on that because it, it fucks me off when you you know you pointed out saying that oh you know you could achieve. You know, this, as you said, IFBB Pro's level results in with our programming and genetic programming or mass genetic programming is just one of the bins of the industry, I feel, right? It is. Um, yeah. But I'm conscious of time and I think you've given the listeners some golden nuggets. I can talk. I'm so sorry. We could have probably, probably could keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to do before we um, wrap up and get to the, you know, sort of how they can contact you and whatnot. I asked this question to all listeners and I'm going to ask you the same one. So in your career to date, whether that's bodybuilding or coaching, what would you say is the big in, the biggest lesson you've learned? And from that lesson, 
what advice may you give an aspiring female competitor or coach that's listening? Okay, so actually kind of one of the points I've just made is one of the biggest lessons I've learned, which is time. Time is your biggest commodity. Time, patience, and consistency are some of the biggest takeaways that I've learned throughout this journey that, you know, um, believe in your in your goal and and take the time to get there and make sure that you um, set your intentions correctly before you start anything out. Have a, have a visualization of what you want to achieve and work hard to get there. So that's number one. The second thing is trust your gut. So one of the biggest lessons I've learned throughout everything, not just not just um, in bodybuilding, in many circumstances across my life um, and across my career um, and some big life-changing events that I've, I've been through as well is go with your gut. If something feels right, you're pretty you're pretty much on the money it's going to be okay if something doesn't sit with you if an interaction doesn't sit with you if something that you're feeling peer pressure to do doesn't sit with you or a job's not working or something or your training or what your coach is telling you doesn't feel right you have no obligation to do those things you must be true to yourself you must challenge things that are in front of you that don't sit with your own morals and values. And if you haven't worked out what your own morals and values are, I really encourage people to sit down and think, what is important to me as a person in my job, in my life, in my relationships, in my career, in my fitness pursuits, whatever area it is, what's important to you? And what are you willing to do to achieve you know, those things in your life? Because, And what are you not willing to put up with? That's what I'm trying to get at. What are you not willing to put up with? What are you not willing to, to give up or sacrifice? Because a lot of the time we go through life doing things that actually don't sit with us very well because we just kind of roll with the motions or we feel like it's expected of us. And actually it ends up sometimes that those things weren't the best decisions. So get, get connected with who you are. Think about what's important to you. Think about why you do what you do. And what I would say as well is, is surround yourself with people who support you and make sure that you are um, educating yourself in all areas about the, the things that really light you up, you know, that you're passionate about. Because inevitably, it, that's what's going to fulfill you. When you're passionate about something, you'll be fulfilled and you'll move forward in the right direction. And that's in every area. So trust your gut. Learn about who you are, spend the time to get to know yourself and throw that into your goals in every area, I think is probably something I would say. Love that, love that. Now, for anyone that's maybe perhaps been hiding under a rock and doesn't know where they can contact you, could you give the listeners uh, a little bit of idea of your Instagram handle, your YouTube, your website, everything else in between um, in case they want to get in touch? For sure. Okay, so Instagram, if you just want to come and give me a holler or ask any questions or just have a wee gander, is Steph with a double F underscore figure pro. Sorry, no, that's wrong. Steph underscore noble underscore figure pro. Yeah. Go check me out on Instagram. Um, you can also check out our coaching page, which is at pro prep coaching. And I run pro prep with my partner, DFAC and World Natural Bodybuilding Pro, Dr. Andrew Chappelle, who Ooh, is yeah. a PhD doctor in nutrition. So we run Pro Prep Coaching. You can find us on www.proprepcoaching.com 
And we also have a YouTube channel, which we share tons of content um, for up and coming aspiring competitors, but just the lifestyle clients as well. And also advanced trainers at uh, Pro Prep Coaching by Dr. Andrew Chappelle and Steph Noble on YouTube. You can find it all in my bio on um, the Instagram as well. So it's all there. <laughs> awesome. Now, I just want to extend the thanks from everyone here at VW Physique, all the listeners for coming on and chatting about some subjects that will are not often spoken about in, in sort of today's bodybuilding side of things, comp prep, yeah. whatnot. Um, I think you're a credit to women's bodybuilding, to the natural side of women's bodybuilding, and, and a good training example of what can be achieved through just some fucking hard work and patience. So thank you for, for that. Sure. And I can honestly say from uh, working with Steph, Steph does my posing for classic, uh, bodybuilding um, she knows her shit and she will <laughs> she will not coach you the same way so if you have one competitor that walks in the door she will not you know pose the next one the same way because everyone's body looks different and you can see like when you do a bit of posing you just like you just light up like I remember I did a most muscle and you're like oh man it's gonna look shit hot when you're leaning I was like yeah but I'm pretty fat now so it don't look that good but you were just like you were just pumped about that, and I thought that yeah. uh, a good friend of mine, Ali, you did a bit of posing with him, and I think there was yes, a, Ali Bird. There, yeah, there was a physique guy in before him, and he was just like Vaughn. She was teaching him totally different than me, and blah blah. And I went, "That's because she's fucking good at what she does." So yeah. I just wanted to add that in there that if you're if you're going to pose like you know this lady put twenty eight clients posing clients on stage in the finals of BMBF. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, we had a huge team. The, 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 the regional finals, um, and if you watch Steph posing, whether you're, whether I'm doing it beside you or whether I watch you sort of do it on your own, uh, it's art, and that's the the way I can describe it. And, and it's what the you know you get me excited about posing with your passion about it. So anyone out there, um, you know, whether it's coaching or posing, you're looking for, highly recommend. No. Please do, yeah. And if, if posing is the specific you're looking for as well, and I know that posing, posing coaching I'm doing nationally across the UK, um, go on to www.supernaturalcoaching.com. That's my individual site. You'll see all the different posing packages up there. Do not leave this critical element of the competition preparation process out because it is essential you've only got a few minutes to showcase your best and as one you just said and I've loved I'm loving working with you you know that um it, it when you do it well and you can inject some enthusiasm and passion into it and you can see a body come to life after all its hard work that's just something else so thanks for mentioning that I really appreciate it yeah that's not a problem now I think for me and Steph for everyone out there listening whoever you are Whatever you do, as always, give it the beans. <laughs>